Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of an actor's movies Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank Jamie, the end of days has come You and I have walked down this lonely podcast road, the only podcast road that we have ever known for too long, on this boulevard of broken Anne Hathaway movies, of Tom Hanks flops, of dead raccoons, of friends brought back as part raccoons, as Geta Thunberging across the Atlantic. That was impressive. That was personally a highlight for me of of the extinction of the human race was uh, going across the Atlantic to pick up your corpse in as a Greta Thunberg-like figure on a sailboat. Uh, all of this has happened. And it leads us to this moment. The final push. We have sought to galvanize humanity against the aliens. And today we find out whether or not we were successful in that attempt. But before we do so, Jamie, we must go back and look at our history. We must understand from whence we came so that we can look forwards and hope for the future. How are you doing this week, Jamie? <laughs> Dear listeners, it's sometimes obvious when Al doesn't uh, come up with sort of a bit that he's going to start the podcast with. But, but when he essentially just summarizes the conversation we had just before we started recording discussing what we're gonna do over the episode it's when he's just saying the most recent thing he heard in a slightly yeah. dramatic voice that's when i know he's really cut like scraping the bottom of the barrel is the issue i was thinking sometimes inspiration comes to me and it you know it, it comes to me and what the inspiration that came to me was boulevard of broken dreams by uh, green day okay uh, and i as you might be able to tell by the references that i put into it so i sat i, I would say the three seconds of like should i try and improv a song based on boulevard of broken dreams and i decided that was a bad idea because <laughs> i haven't listened to that song in like 10 years even though it's a jam all right american idiot underrated album so fucking good so so you got two sentences into that song and then was like oh god i've run out of things to say better say the ah. most recent thing i heard word for word back to jamie <laughs> jamie there is no more uh, a band that understands what it is to be america's sweetheart than the uh you know a band that put out the album american idiots uh which made americans around the world uh hate them uh, if only because a bunch of europeans during the iraq war would start singing american idiot while not necessarily understanding the lyrics <laughs> Uh, well, ov- no, obviously, Al, we've talked about this on the show uh, throughout throughout this season. We have been discussing the America's Sweet Tartometer, and we are the two people in the world most keyed into the the pulse of American culture. Yeah. Uh, and thus, we, we are also keyed into understanding and interpreting and using American Idiot uh, as appropriately as possible. We're the uh, only ones who are allowed to use American Idiot. It's appropriation for everyone else, too, right? That's very important. <laughs> Uh, because we understand right. America better than uh, Al, I'm feeling all out of kilter. We haven't actually started the show yet, so I've got to say hello and welcome to Blank Spank, the season two finale-ish sort of uh, the, sh- uh, the Hathaway Stashaway, the show where we chronologically reviewed and Hathaway's entire IMDb. I'm Jamie Loxton, and with me, as always, is my co-host Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al. 
Hello, Al, Jamie, you got to view this show like uh, the royal family of Gavin and Stacey. Uh, in that, you know, there's a finale, sure, but we'll be doing specials forever. All right? We're gonna be, don't worry about this, guys. All right? Look, it's just, it's a podcast with two James Cordons. You know you love that, the most successful thing on the news right now. Uh, and, of course, we're just going to be milking this cow uh, one episode every four years, but we're promising you a new one every year. Don't worry. <laughs> Jamie, James I've Corden talked a, about. <laughs> I've talked about this before. Al. Yeah. I don't like this running trend that's happened, where you get the opening bit, you get that, we finish that, we then do my bit where I go along to the joke and whatever. That seems like a hard break, and you <laughs> use that as an opportunity to hard transition into another bit of your own. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, what were you going to say, Al? Well, I was going to say, you know how everyone uh, hates a strong word? The yeah. internet seems to hate James Corden. In the same yes. way that the internet hated Anne Hathaway a while back. Yeah. Um, I feel in the UK, it's like a weird like feeling towards him. Because simultaneously, people don't necessarily like him. But they do really like two things he's done, which was A League of Their Own, the, yeah. the sports TV show, which kind of replaced Question of Sports as the leading sport panel show. Uh, as well as uh, Gavin and Stacey, to which yeah. it's still probably to this day the nation's favourite sitcom. Uh, probably the nation's favourite sitcom of the last 20 years, at least. Uh, yeah, yeah. Probably tying with another man who has a very similar relationship with the British public, Ricky Gervais and The Office. People who <laughs> love the things they make, but hate the person for who they are. And that's um, what I think is uh, really capturing the British spirit in general. We think we make amazing things, but also we hate ourselves. <laughs> it's, it's really important, guys. And if you ever want to understand how British people feel about Empire, it's uh, pretty much similar, right? We're like, look, it's so <laughs> All right, but the roads, the roads are great. All right, who hates the roads? <laughs> um, goodness, we can't spend too long um, wittily bantering up top. Uh, as you've referenced, and as I've sort of referenced, this is kind of the season two finale. Um, but what does that mean? If you haven't listened for the past couple of um, weeks, but you've seen, see, I don't know what I'm going to title this, reviewing Anne Hathaway's career or season two finale or something like that. Um, we are not starting with a new actor. We did Tom Hanks. We did Anne Hathaway. We're not starting with a new actor after this. What we're going to do after this is carry on reviewing any new films that Anne Hathaway and Tom Hanks uh, come out with. Uh, so our releases are going to become uh, more infrequent. And, you know, you might be asking, what's going on with the aliens? What's, what's happening? What, what, sure, sure, surely there's a, there's a reason for why this is happening. And we'll get to that. Obviously, but for people who might not even know what I mean by that, we do, as you say, have to go back into our history. We have to tell you what happened in season one, what happened in season two, talk about Anne Hathaway's entire career, and then towards the end of this episode, you will get the thrilling conclusion-ish or explanation of why we are slowing down our records and what has happened with the aliens. So I'll do the season one bit nice and quickly. We've done that loads of times before. Anyone who's listened to any Hanks Bank episode will know how self-indulgently I have told this story over many years. Um, but it was nice and easy. We were bound... I'm not even going to do the whole bit, to be honest. Like, because, frankly, it was a long time ago when it happened. Not sure if I can remember all of it. Uh, but there was aliens. They invaded Earth. Uh, and they wanted uh, to uh, find 
a new planet to replace Flomatron 8 uh, in the United States of Space. Obviously, that planet went through a process of Flexit. There was Trayvon Trameron, the small boy bitch boy leader. They had their referendum, etc. But they left and they wanted to find new people. We happened to be bouncing on a trampoline in Regent's... No, Piccadilly Circus? Regent Street. Piccadilly One Circus doesn't exist, Jamie. Right, oh, it's, yeah, it's no, of course, Piccadilly Circus, but it's I forget, real. I forget. It's, it's Piccadilly. That, it's, we made up a place called Piccadilly Circus. That makes no sense. Why? What is that? Is it a circus? Are there clowns? I think not. It's not real. Of course, I forgot. Al pretends he doesn't know. What that. That's a key bit of the lore from season one. Al pretending not to know what Piccadilly Circus is. It just doesn't exist. But we were on a uh, trampoline somewhere between an imaginary place and Regent Street. Um, and we are bouncing up and we got caught in a tractor beam. And they were like, look, you've got to prove your worth to join the United states of space and so we decided there was also a whole bunch of stuff going on with me not being able to understand the language they speak swag healy but of course uh, alexander took speaking that from birth mm-hmm. anyway listen back to the season one episode if you want to remember remind yourself of that but the key tenet was that we decided that the movies of tom hanks were going to be the thing that was going to prove humanity's worth so we reviewed a lot of bad Tom Hanks movies and a few good ones. Uh, but unfortunately, in presenting Green Mile, in presenting Forrest Gump, in presenting Toy Story from my end, but not Toy Story from Alexander's end, for still probably the most controversial thing Alexander has ever done on this podcast, uh, it was not enough. And the aliens... Of course, there was a whole thing about, you know, Al going uh, full Anakin Skywalker on a bunch of baby Yodas uh, and me bringing them back to life. You know, all all that sort of stuff. Go back, listen to season one. But at the end of season one, it was not enough. The aliens did not deem us worthy. Uh, And as they had warned us, you know, just before they were pushed out of their spaceship, they were like, also, by the way, we're going to kill you all if you don't uh, uh, if you don't prove your worth. Uh, so they um, they apocalypsed us, really, mm. is, is the closest way of saying it. Uh, and, and Al, what happened next? We had a little break between season one and season two, and obviously I won't remember much of it. And why won't I remember much of it, Al? Jamie died the first time, ladies and gentlemen. It was very sad. Uh, as we were standing on the spaceship, uh, the aliens turned to me and they said, because you were the person who came up with the initial idea for Hank's Bank, uh, we must punish you most and i said what are you going to take away are you going to kill me and they said no we're going to kill jamie and i went okay uh, and so jamie died uh terribly and they then kicked and, us and out obviously and obviously Al- Alyssa, your girlfriend was a little bit offended that she wasn't killed she was yeah, like, i feel like maybe well, she wasn't, she wasn't a hand jamie she wasn't right to hand so what they did is they, they kicked us both out they kicked out jamie's corpse in the uk and they kicked me out in vancouver uh, you know, that's why we're at where we are. And yeah. uh, Jamie fell to earth. He was the man who fell to earth uh, dead. Uh, uh, so- we should also say that, of course, uh, during this apocalypse, they did also kill everyone who does not listen to the podcast. And that's true. I don't know why I don't know why I even bother ever bringing that up, because, of course, the people who listen to this podcast know that because they're the only people that are alive. It's uh, true. Which, of course, as we have talked about, canonically means that Taylor Swift listened to this podcast because we were able to talk about her album being released. As does Joe, Joe Biden. Biden and, <laughs> Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, huge fans of the podcast because we were able to talk about his inauguration. And you know what, Joe? You know what? As one of the few people left alive along with you, we might need to have a conversation. <laughs> we're, it was going pretty... We were pretty happy to have you as a listener. But you know what? Honestly, maybe Joe, stop. Maybe Joe, stop listening. <laughs> I'll be honest. Joe, not sure I want you listening to my podcast anymore. <laughs> anyway, I fall down to England. Uh, you fall down to Canada. What happens next now? I grow a beard in Canada for a while. I cut down some trees. 
Uh, but I'm missing Jamie, all right? I, there's no one else left alive except for podcast listeners, and there's not many of them in Vancouver at that point. So I travel back to the UK. I, I go across the icy ice fields of... Uh, so uh, how, did you, how did you travel, Alexander? You well, referenced I traveled across earlier. the ice fields snowshoeing, but once I got to the water, oh. I got to Thunberg to my way across, all right? <laughs> I, I got a little sailboat in the middle of winter. No, no, I, I believe, I believe if I remember, I may have been dead at this time. I do believe it was specifically Greta Thunberg's boat. Oh, it was. Uh, Greta Thunberg unfortunately passed away, uh, but she was in New York at you the know, time. With yeah, honestly, sailboat. that's her own fault for not listening to the podcast. Yeah. So I sailboated across, woo, all the way back to the UK, got Jamie, held him. Uh, he had decomposed a little bit by this time. It was kind of sad. Like, he, it had been, you know, like a month or two. Uh, I took out from his pocket his resurrection scrolls. Yes, of course. I, in season one, when I was able to bring the baby Yodas back to life, we did uh, discover that, of course, I do have resurrection magic. But yeah. I had passed away. I was no longer able to wield my own resurrection magic. And Al, I've got to be honest, you bungled it a little bit, to be honest. I'm, I'm pretty shit at resurrection magic. Uh, so here's what I do. I went and I went, okay, how can I do this? I put some. I I know what Jamie likes, and of course that's listening to his own podcast while he sleeps. <laughs> so I put the set headphones in his ears, and I said, "Jamie, listen to this." And then I went back to Vancouver because that's where my recording equipment was, and I recorded a new episode. And then when it downloaded, because Jamie was subscribed, it played through his ears. He was resurrected. But ladies and gentlemen, I must tell you something. Jamie was not resurrected as a man. No, he was resurrected as ninety-five percent a man. All right, yes, as ninety-five percent a man, and five percent was... want Alexander because who, as we learned from your adventures in Canada, <laughs> oh, oh Al, there is a com- there is something going on behind you for which we need to have a conversation, <laughs> but we must finish this first. Um, uh, Al, as we learned from what had uh, overtaken uh, apocalypse-ridden Vancouver, I became five percent more what. Raccoon, Jamie. You became 5% yes. more raccoon. You became a raccoon boy. That's what they call you now. You had the little bandito mask and a little yes. tiny tail. I came back to life uh, and and uh, I sort of immediately was like, oh, sweet. Okay, no, I can use my res- resurrection magic. I can I can bring us all back. And then you gave me a little call and go, oh, might I use up the scrolls? I put them all in the podcast. <laughs> I'm not so good at the resurrection magic, me. I might have bungled all your scrolls, Jamie. Oh. <laughs> and so we learned that the only way to bring anyone back to life was by making them listen to the podcast. We want to be clear that this is only people who canonically died due to <laughs> the apocalypse that happened. It cannot bring back any other people. We are sorry. Only people who canonically died around early 2020 due to specifically the apocalypse that happened in our universe and no one else okay no other apocalypse no No other source of death and unfortunately if you die after being resurrected by other means also can't help you i'm sorry al made the power of the podcast really very specific uh because he's not as good he's not as good with the magic um but we did decide that we needed to find a way to and i've used the word over and over galvanize humanity <laughs> Al, once again the thing is happening in the background and it needs to be talked about so i'm gonna take a pause why is your dog wearing a coat because my dog was spayed <laughs> was your dog chewing its balls too much no well, my dog is a girl 
I, re- I refuse. No, you call your dog Gus. <laughs> I Augusta. don't care that it's August. Uh, Augusta. Jamie, let me tell you a little story about Augusta Livia. No, right? no, you, you know told me Roman before, but you call your dog there Gus. There is a female form of the name Augustus. It's Augusta. I want right? to be clear that your dog Detroit. Gus is the only thing in the world that I misgender. <laughs> they are the only thing that I will happily misgender. I, I because you call your out. dog Gus. I don't know why anyone is ever bothered about people misgendering their dog. Because and I oh, yeah. cannot stress this enough. It is a dog and it does not care. Right? <laughs> if it's a person, don't be a dick. Don't misgender people. I do not care if you call my dog a boy or a girl. But however, okay, she fun. doesn't have balls. So Okay, um, so with... I, I was about to ask what spading means. But you know what? In all honesty, you can guess. I don't care. I just don't care. <laughs> but your dog was walking past on a cone and it was eminently distracting. Anyway, um, so... We decided we needed uh, to find a way to galvanise humanity to fight back against the aliens. And we decided the best possible uh, actor to do so would be the films of Anne Hathaway. So we got to work, Alexander. We got to work. And you know what? In all honesty, could have done it a little bit quicker. Not a lot going on in the apocalypse world. Don't know why we restricted ourselves to one episode a week. It's not like anyone's got anything else to listen to. All other podcasters are dead. I don't think we've referenced anyone who releases a podcast that means they are canonically alive. Um, So all other podcasts are dead. We probably could have you know, maybe released, maybe maybe expedited this process of trying to galvanise humanity a little bit. But you know what? We were busy playing a lot of video games. Um, so we uh, delved deep on Anne Hathaway's entire IMDb. And I think that brings us up to now what we are going to do, which is reviewing Anne Hathaway's entire career. Um, so, yeah, should we, just, should we just dive straight into it? I, I, I think, I think we're done. We, have, is there any important law that we've missed? No, I, I think I think we've lured ourselves up. Uh, cool. Right, if you want to know, if you want to find out what happens next, well, you're going to have to listen to us say a bunch of numbers for the next thirty minutes or so. Yes. This is my favorite part of the podcast because I keep a spreadsheet for this. Um, so, of course, we have reviewed Anne Hathaway's entire career from Princess Diaries all the way through to Locked Down. Princess Diaries released in what year? What year was Princess Diaries released? Uh, 2001. Think, 2001. Right? So a, a nice, solid double decade. You put down here 2020, decade. but I somehow feel that's not the date. No, no, that's, that's, when that's, that's when the podcast released. is released. <laughs> um, <laughs> She's had a really busy last two years, guys. Yeah. She's really broken onto the scene. Um, so, yes, uh, a, a solid double decade. Um, let's, let's hit our... Uh, we're going to go through these, as we know, when we review these films. We review them on four different categories. We have the films out of five, Anne Hathaway's performances out of five, the, uh, the America's Sweetheartometer, how much of America's Sweetheart is Anne Hathaway in those films. And then we have the Anne's Man's List. Got to be honest, listeners, that's probably the way we're going to spend most of our time. We are sorry, because Al's list is unwieldy. But we're going to go through these one by one. So looking just at the film's ratings themselves, let's do the highlights, Alexander. So, or Mm. the, the, not the highlights, the the overview. Uh, The averages. And it's not looking good. Straight off the bat, Alexander, a 2.4 from me and a 2.5 from you. For context, our Tom Hanks films... Uh, gave I ended up with a three average and you ended up with a whopping 3.3 average. Now that might not sound like a lot of a difference, but a 2.4 is pretty damn fucking low. Um, so what we also I end up with... I yep. I'm going to throw it out here, that uh, Anne Hathaway did have, at least on my list, two zeros, which I think brings it, which which in part probably brings her down... 
Oh boy, I've got a minus five on my list. Uh, yeah, so I. And and to be fair, also to be fair, I think we went into the negative numbers a couple of times with Tom Hanks. We also very famously went up to, I think, as high as eight at some point. So yeah. maybe, maybe I'm willing to accept, maybe <laughs> our methods aren't exactly scientific. But yeah. it's not looking great for Anne Hathaway. Okay. Now we can look at the movies we did stash away. And I want to say sure. again, still not looking great. I've got 13, you've got 11. If you scroll over to the That's right hand... That's not bad! It's not bad, but when you look at them, there's definitely a couple that are either not really films or kind of don't really deserve to be there. So let's have a look at those. On sure. my list, we've got The Cat Returns off the bat. Amazing. Okay. Brilliant film. Exactly. You didn't end sure. up with it in, but whatever. Ella Enchanted, Brokeback Mountain, Devil Wears Prada. Then for some reason, Passengers and Bride Wars are both uh, in, my, in my stash away. I don't know why. You've also no, got Passengers. Honestly, they, here's the issue. Definitely with Passengers, which I, I strongly maintain this. Passengers is in the so bad it's good category. Like, I agree with that. Passengers is so but terrible it, it's a good I movie. agree, but if we're analysing a, a, an actor's career, I don't think we can credit them for making movies that are so bad they're good, unless that's their intention, but, which but I, I don't think But if we're talking about what of her movies you need to see, I think we can say I would agree. So I, I fully agree. Fully agree. Think it deserves to be in the stash away. Don't think it's a, a gleaming jewel in no, Anne no, Hathaway's agree. career. Um, after Bride Wars, I then got One Day, Dark Knight uh, Rises, Les Mis, Interstellar. Then two, which Jenny Lewis, just one of the guys, music video and documentary now. Let's be honest. I mean, I, I really liked both of those, but it's nothing to do with Anne Hathaway's career. Uh, and then finally, Dark Waters. So if I'm realistically to take out the Jenny Lewis, just one of the guys in documentary now... And also Bride Wars. No clue why Bride Wars is in there. Um, I end up with just 10. Just 10 movies. Even then, one of them, Passengers, still, still not sure it should be in there. Sure. 10 movies out of 45. It's not great. But, Could you run me down your list, Alexander? There's a few in there sure. that uh, cross over and a few that don't. I'm going to... Just one second. I need to check in the list. Okay, so we're going to walk through. I have Colossal, uh, which I thought was great. It was not I've, on your list. I, Al, I've listed this on the right-hand side. If you scroll over to the right, I've literally listed it. Yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, not, why I'm, did I'm you seeing. start in the middle of the list? No, it's not at the top of the list. Where are you seeing I'm looking this? at my list. Is there a separate oh, list for this? No, in the act- apologies, dear listeners. In the oh, actual in the spreadsheet, actual sure. in the actual spreadsheet, uh, I've just listed them on the right-hand side. Right, right, right. So it's Tom Hanks. That's him. There's lots of spreadsheets here, guys. So, yeah, yeah. There's lots of spreadsheets. Okay, sure. Sorry, listeners. So we, we, might, we maybe could have been uh, more. I think we both agreed on that. A classic uh, for a reason, I, I genuinely think *Princess Diaries* is a really fun film, and I think it holds up in lots of ways. I think you know, it's you didn't even necessarily like it, but you got why it's culturally significant, which I think is good. I agree. And I agree. Yeah, you know, you uh, I think you appreciated what it was, but knew that you are not a ten-year-old girl. Um, I, on the other hand, am a ten-year-old girl, so screw everyone else. Uh, Ella Enchanted is in there too because <laughs> Ella Enchanted fucking slaps. Uh, we also have not had Enchanted. Is in I like Ella Enchanted. Yeah, Eleven Charlton is like a, a very fun time. It really does hold up. Uh, and it's, you know, dated in parts, but great in other parts. Uh, Rachel Getting Married uh, is on both of our lists. Bride Wars was not on mine. Uh, uh, Ra- a- Rachel Getting Married is not on either of our lists. What? No, it's... It is, it is oh, not. Oh, I'm a passenger's not Rachel Getting Married. All right, I want to go back and put Rachel Getting Married on my list. Can I change that? Can I add that in? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Cool. Because Rachel Getting Married, there, this is actually one of my big uh, notorious ones I have felt bad about for a while. Uh, I do like Rachel Getting Married a lot more than I did at the time. 
uh, it's not necessarily the most enjoyable viewing thing, but it stuck with me a lot over the last year. Uh, no, all those are terrible. Uh, we then go to the Dark Knight Rises. Fun time. Uh, you put one day in? No, you didn't. Did yes, you? I did. Yeah, I put one day in. I, no, no. I I also might regret that. I don't. I remember at the time thinking, no, actually, I don't really regret it. I don't really regret it. I enjoyed that. Okay. It had a very nice. It had a very nice vibe. I it had really a good vibe. I just it, don't think it was that good. Uh, I agree. Is... I agree. I, I look, Al. I think we're going to come to the conclusion that Anne Hathaway's made maybe four good movies, <laughs> ah, which will bring us to my the conversation I want to have, which is what is the exact number of good movies you need to have to be considered a great actor. Um, so we'll get to that in a sec. Okay. Uh, Interstellar, uh, we both liked. You liked Jenny Lewis, one of the guys. I did not. I then had a, I then had a decent run of Colossal Documentary Now, and then I put in Ocean's 8, I think, for Alyssa. Yes, I think you put I'm in Ocean's 8 on out. behalf of Alyssa. I'm going to take that out. I was slightly <laughs> under... <laughs> I hope she there. isn't listening. Uh, as we know, no, she no, won't no, be right. for at least six weeks. It's in Alyssa's Colossal... Oh, no, she caught up. Uh, it's in Alyssa's uh, Blank Spanks. That's all fine. Uh, documentary now I'm also going to take out because she's not really in that uh, and then we have Modern Love which was fine I, I might just take that out too because I don't feel that strongly about Modern Love so really what we have in there is one two three four five six seven eight so we have eight movies which I think I would stash away you I've taken eight, out a couple yes. which I thought were good, but were not. I've added in uh, Rachel Getting Married and I've taken out Modern Love and Ocean's 8. Yeah, that's, I think that's totally fair. But I also think we can agree that while some of these earlier movies are... In fact... So let, let's take it since Lame Is. Since Lame Is. We know that this is around about when a little bit of an Anne Hathaway hate campaign started. We, we, we've we discussed it before. It's deep, deeply rooted in sexism. Yeah. She got uh, criticism for things that men get away with for all, all the fucking time. Um, but she won an Oscar for Les Mis, arguably something that should be a, a stepping stone for an actor's career. And since then, she's made maybe... Maybe three good movies. Lame is so. Since Lame is, you then got Interstellar. You've got you can say Colossal. I we we discussed in depth about my different experience with that sure. movie, but I do think it's a, a decent movie. And then Dark Waters. And in Dark Waters, she's not a huge part of it. She's in it. She's not a huge part of it. I, so his, since so... Lame is in what twenty twelve? Sure. That's almost half of her working career at this point. And she's made like, like two good movies. Sure. But I, but my flip side is so that it's, it's a good, you're, you're correct, right? It's a really big run where there's just not particularly any good um, movies. I, why I think it happens is like two things. Because one, if you look at it, like I think there's actually, there's actually a longer bad run in her career which is between Rachel getting married and uh, between Rachel getting married and like the Dark Knight Rises, I guess there is a run of nine movies or nine thick products where it is not particularly good. Um, yeah, but I would argue that 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 period is only four years. 
She was making a lot of stuff around that time. And to be fair, around that time, a lot of the stuff that's sort of bulking out our list is like Family Guy Family and guy the Simpsons. Or the Oscar ceremony. Yeah. Or the Oscar ceremony. But, during, but that time, during that time, she's released in movies, Passengers, Bride Wars, Valentine's Day, Alice in Wonderland, Rio, One Day. Now, sure. I'm not saying that's, that's, a, that's a bunch of diamonds I, jumping I out that. at me. But what I'm going to say is, and I'm going to hide some rows here for a second, of things where she's basically not in them. Don John, mm. she's not really in it. Yeah. Uh, Don Piote, she's not really. It's a, it's a glorified cameo. Hit record, she's not really in there. Um, Jenny Lewis, Jenny it's, Lewis a, it's a music video. Guys, she's not really in there. Uh, Hydro, she's in the intern. She's announced the Looking Glass. Again, not leading that movie documentary. Now she's not in. Um, really, the Hustle, Serenity, Fine, Modern Love, sure. The last thing he wanted, she was. So you got that. Really, you have that run right. So it's. Here's the stuff she's in, yeah. of which she's only really a leading role. She's not a leading role in Last of the Looking Glass, and she's not a leading role in. I she she kind of I is. Th- no, she's, I, she's not really. I think you're clutching at straws. No, no, no. no I'm not. This, this this is a run of nine to ten years with sure two good with movies. three good with three good products in there, right? Like or three debatably good products. Yeah, so well, you have, I'll, I'll throw in Colossal three. Sure. So so what I'm saying is like. But also, I'm not saying all these are bad. So, for instance, like, in this period, the films we like after Les Mis, are, we like Interstellar. Yep. We like Colossal. We like, yep. um, we like, we both like Modern Love, whether or not we sashed it away. Fine enough. It was good enough. I, I, it was it was likeable. It just was a TV show and not a particularly, not an A-star TV show. We liked Dark Waters. Uh, and Solos was, so that's, that's three or four which were good. Mm-hmm. Then in terms of the middling, or what I would say were not, like, not great, but not terrible. Ocean's 8 was fine. Um, depending on where you want to put, uh, actually, there's probably only one, which is fine. And then a bunch yeah, of and, like, and then, no, and sure, then sure. in that but time what I'm saying got... is, like, actually in that period, what you're getting at is closer to 40% good, 10% what at middling, and then 50% bad. So it's, and my argument would be, that's not the world's worst ratio for that. It's not the world's worst ratio. It's a pretty bad ratio for an actor who just came off an Oscar. Well, so this is where it comes to the second thing, which is that I think Anne Hathaway has a really high quote and therefore is not ending good movies because of it. So I I think it's that for a while, at least coming off I an mean, Oscar, right? I like, mean, but she's been in a few indie projects here, you know. Well, the, sure. And they were, but there were, so the indie projects she's been in were Song One. Um, some stuff which was made a long time before and released afterwards. So Don Vioti, for instance, that was not really made before her Oscar. That was made way after. So it was made way before Oscar rather than afterwards. Yeah. Um, and then other than that, yeah, I guess like, actually a lot of these are pretty big budget. You then got Dark Waters, slightly smaller budget, but sure. So so yeah. the, the ones where like I think she's going for a better thing were Dark Waters, the last thing he wanted, and Colossal. Interstellar, right? So there's like four mm-hmm. movies where I think you, you're doing that and you're thinking this is going to be an acting thing. Like I'm working with a bit director, da da da. Of which the last thing he wanted is absolutely terrible. Um, yeah. Dark Waters is you like it, other people like it. I would like it less, but that's on me. Um, and Colossus, that's similar with Colossal for you. And then Interstellar is the one we both like. Those are that's not terrible. I do think it's that her she gets the Oscar. As it happens with a lot of actors, her quote goes up, all right? Suddenly, she's I think she's still one of the highest paid actresses in Hollywood. And Probably. that, I maintain, restricts the amount of movies... The, the, that restricts the kind of movies you're in because you're only in movies which can pay that quote. 
So the question is, like, it's the hustle, which is, okay, we need a star to, to be in this kind of thing. Um, with something like Serenity, like, I have no idea why she was in Serenity. Deeply, like, deeply don't understand that. Or why she did Lockdown afterwards. But there are things like Rio 2, which are definitely just, you know, I was offered a shit ton of money to just do a voice role, which she probably was there for a day or two days. Or, um, so, no, it's, it's an interesting one. I will say this. That, like, I had this with Tom Hanks a lot, right? Where Tom Hanks did how many movies in the end? He did... Too many. But, so, you bring up an interesting argument with Tom Hanks, and I can make a potentially uncharitable comparison here. Sure. Now, I will fully accept that also the fact that Tom Hanks is a man makes his life so much easier yeah, yeah, yeah. for yeah. getting these sorts of roles. But no. Tom Hanks gets his first Oscar with Philadelphia when he is around about mid-30s, about 35, I think. And Anne Hathaway gets her first Oscar at 29. Not a million miles away. After Philadelphia, obviously we know famously he then wins another Oscar in Forrest Gump. He then has Apollo 13. He then has Toy Story. He then has Saving Private Ryan. He then has You've Got Mail. He then has Toy Story 2. He then has The Green Mile. He then has Castaway. And then he has the Polar Express, baby. Oh, no, wait. I think we actually would just release that with the Polar Express. Sure. Uh, he then has uh, Road to Perdition and then Catch Me If You Can. Sure. And then we know he hit a big slump. But for yeah. someone... And again, I'm taking two people in complete isolation. Really? Sure. But they're also the two people that we've reviewed. Really? Sure, and sure. we have one person who took one an, one an Oscar and then springboarded himself into yeah. absolute uber fame. And sure. Anne Hathaway has not done that. But I, I will counter... I've got counterpunch, right? Like, yeah. it's. I think we talked about this before, but 2012, Anne Hathaway wins the Oscar, right? Lame is. Yeah. time. You know what else comes out in 2012? Uh, the, Avengers. the Avengers. Yes, exactly. 100%. <laughs> Anytime anyone asks me, you know what else comes out in that year? It's always like Avatar or The Avengers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's... And I mean, I maintain that I think this, the whole stream to this day is like, I think the reason why Tom Hanks is able to do that kind of springboard off, right? Yep. is because those movies were being made with a kind of budget where they could get an Oscar-winning actor to do that sort of thing. So, like, yep. Forrest Gump, for instance, like, obviously did incredibly well. He actually did that for points in the end, I think, rather than... Um, he did it for points rather than yep. for... Uh, yeah, stuff salary, in the back like, end. Yeah, those, those movies are getting made with decent budgets and they're able to get big actors for them and they're able to do slightly interesting projects and all that kind of stuff. And that's partly because audiences were going to go see those movies. So audiences were going to go see Forrest Gump, audiences were going to see Apollo 13, all that kind of stuff. Yep. And I think that makes a difference. Of, so even more so than just, hey, Hollywood has a bad habit of doing bad roles for women which is def- definitely is a big part of it yeah i, also I actually think i was the listening movies they were making back then and i think this is why tom hanks now has had a bit of has not had the best run for it is because i think it's the era that we're in is like if we look at tom hanks's movie since 2012 i don't think there's that many great oh, ones. I, and I, think- I think unfortunately you're gonna you're gonna get an unfortunate comparison there because when so when was captain phillips can. Captain Phillips is 2000... 2013. So uh, from around then, ignore if we do the exact same thing of taking out ones that... You know, I'm looking at sure. the list. Taking out ones so that, out you know, TV shows and whatever and take out ones where he's helping out a mate. Um, he's got uh, Captain Phillips. He's then got great. Saving Mr. Banks. Good movie. Bridge of Fine. Spies. Great movie. Ithaca helping out a mate. Uh, a hologram, hologram for the King. For the King. Terrible movie. You love terrible movie. Um, Sully Miracle on the Hudson, yeah, solid movie, not terrible. Don't like. Inferno, terrible movie. Terrible. He was contractually obligated to do it. The Circle, terrible, terrible movie. movie. The Post, great movie. Toy Story Four, great movie. 
Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, we had differing, uh, different uh, reactions to, but a solidly made movie. And Greyhound, not a great movie. Mm-hmm. And then News of the World, I don't even remember anything that happened no. in that fucking movie. Ah, so here's my thing. Of those, the movies that we tend to like, uh, or we both agreed on liking, were all Spielberg movies. That's, that's I, also I, which I And I think it's because Spielberg can still make movies and get, but get funded for movies, which are great. I think that Anne Hathaway just needs to become Steven Spielberg's favourite lady and end up in everything, <laughs> okay? That's, and what we're, you're learning from is being Steven Spielberg's mate and being the one he <laughs> likes making movies with is a very good way to be in good films. That, like, that is very, very fair. The Tom I Hanks want to... and Steven Spielberg do American history is a subgenre of like both of their careers, which is just, yeah. we're two old dudes who really like making movies about America. <laughs> Uh, and they, they think, Jamie, they're better than us at knowing America. Right? <laughs> These two Americans think they understand America's sweetheart more than we do. But, Jamie, there is only two men who understand America's sweetheart, and it is us. We know what is inside that juicy heart of America. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, but, want but, to... I just think it's movies since 2000. It's not that I think movies in general have gotten worse. I think that the market for Hollywood movies has gone much more expensive to, like, these kind of, like, mega pictures. Yeah. And I think the indie bottom end is still, and lower end, I think it's still making great movies. But I think Anne Hathaway charges too much money to be in those films. So maybe Anne Hathaway should lower, lower her rates and make better movies. Um, what Jamie's saying is that a woman should make less money than her male counterparts. I want that on the record. <laughs> Um, I do want to make a point that I, I happen to be listening to a podcast literally early today um, uh, that I'm not going to name drop because then I'll make them be alive and I don't want to make them canonically be alive. Um, but it was with someone who worked in Hollywood and he said that he was uh, brought in for punch up on a movie uh, and uh, he was literally just said uh, his main note was like, maybe we should like elaborate and make this this female character just a little bit larger have a little bit more to do because otherwise we're probably not going to be able to attract a big actress to play it because there's not much there's not much here and apparently the producer just turned around and said no no we can get anyone for this uh and she turned out to be correct that producer because they managed to get a huge hollywood actress uh because there's just not that many fucking good roles going around for uh, for big Hollywood actresses unless you're Meryl Streep. Uh, and then you can be a little bit more discerning. Having said sucks. that, yeah. I do think that Anne Hathaway has actively chosen some quite bad movies. No, no, I, 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 and I agree with that, right? Like, I... I uh, but here's my, my counter... I, I keep saying my counter pitch. My, I guess my question from that then is what... Hollywood actress around the same stature, do you think that's how you should do it? Um, so I've mentioned this before. I think an actress like Reese Witherspoon, who's not much older and has a very... Se- no, you're going to do this. No, you're no, going to no. do and say that she's made a bunch of bad movies. I haven't watched all of Reese Witherspoon. I'm sure she has, but I think she follows... I think she has followed a very similar career to Anne Hathaway, wherein she started out in a lot lighter movies, uh, uh, got on the scene when she was quite young, uh, played a lot of those um, lighter, comedic, um, sort of teenage movie roles, uh, and then started to get into more serious dramas, uh, has been nominated, I believe won an Oscar, correct? She won it for Wild, didn't she? No, she didn't win it for Wild. I think she may have won an Oscar for um, a Walk to the Line, I think. That sounds about right. But either way... Um, I think, and and again, I'm willing to accept that maybe my perception of Anne Hathaway is the fact that I've had to watch all of her movies. Yeah, yes, and I, and I, I don't that do that. I, I don't do that. I've watched a lot more that. Reese Witherspoon's movies. I do think she's in some bad ones too, but 
I, w- I would say more my perception of her more recently, more recently has been that she has been in a lot better movies more recently. Having said that, if, if I hadn't had to watch the last thing he wanted, I would have never known Anne Hathaway was even in that fucking movie. But I also yeah. probably wouldn't have any gen. I don't think anyone. I don't. Here's my thing. I think a general public perception of Reese Witherspoon would be. Oh, she's been making good stuff recently. Even even if she has made some bad stuff, I would say general public perception of Anne Hathaway has been she hasn't really made a good thing since Les Mis. And they sure. may be incorrect in that, but sure, I think but... that would be the general public okay. perception that she so, has not made anything really good since Les Mis. So I so here's my thing. There are two things here. One, Reese Witherspoon is a very good producer. She's a and she is a really good producer. Like I, yep. she produced Gone Girl. She produced. Um, uh, oh god, she produced Wild, she produced uh, Big Little Lies, she produced um, uh, Little Fires Everywhere as well. Um, I, she works in the morning show, uh, that kind of stuff. In yeah. terms of her movies that came out since 2013, uh, it, she's been in Devil's Knot. Mm. Not sure you've ever heard of that one. Nope. Uh, I, I can read you the description. Devil's Knot is a biographical crime drama, uh, which is a true story about the murdering of three children... Uh, the West Memphis Three who were convicted of killing them. Okay, Sick. cool, whatever, sure, movie. She produced Gone Girl, but she wasn't in it. Wild, she was in. I, yeah. Good film, I like it. Uh, I don't like the ending where she's like, you know what, the heroin destroyed my family's life was worth <laughs> it because it led me to future you, child. Uh, the Good Lie, in which I think she maybe plays a good white South African. It's Oh, no. I think he's actually sentenced to death. Anyway. Uh, we Inherent Vice. So that's... Okay, so two movies there, right? Like, Wild Inherent Vice. I don't think anyone loves Inherent Vice, but sure. Hot Pursuit, known to be incredibly terrible. Yes, Sing. that's one with Sofia Vergara, isn't it? Yeah. Sing, the one made by uh, Garth Jennings, who I like oh, Garth no, Jennings, but I don't think we one. I don't think we can really criticise any big actor for being in one of those voice no, no, roles sure, where sure. they clearly That's, pay but, but, a but million nor am I gonna, pounds. nor am I going to give you any praise for it. Uh, <laughs> Home Again, which I did watch, and is incredibly terrible, but she does hook up with a 19-year-old in it. So, you know, Sick. I guess, like 20-year-old. A Wrinkle in Time, which didn't get great reviews, and then Lucy in the Sky back in 2019. So she's actually, I would argue that in the same I think period, you are also she's ignoring her TV that people know. I think you are also ignoring her TV career. No, no, sure. Which, sure and I'm she has transitioned to making of... good TV shows. And sure, that is sure. maybe the route. Maybe that's the route that we're noticing but a lot of actors and actresses go are across taking. the TV. Sure. So I, I definitely agree with that, right? But in terms maybe of even TV, to do. the ones... I know, I, I agree. The ones that I think in TV, which is not well, Big Little Lies season one. Yep. People like, great. And it's, yep. it's one of the best seasons of TV. I haven't bothered watching season two. People don't like it so much. The Mindy Project, eh, whatever. Get, like, that's a cameo, cameo. Season one of The Morning Show, people liked. Season two of The Morning Show, people didn't like. Little Fires Everywhere, people liked. So you're right that she should go into t- TV. And that's why people think of Reese Witherspoon maybe at the moment as being more of a um, in better stuff. Because she's had success with the first seasons of three TV shows. But conversely, in terms of movies made, in the same time, and Anne Hathaway, you're yeah. right, is primarily a movie actress, that she's had one, like, you know, Reese Witherspoon has had one good movie in the, in the or one and maybe a half in Inherent Vice. Um, 
Yeah. No one, and, no one and, watched Inherent Vice. So. And, and yet... And yet, you know what, Alexander? I still think my argument that the public perception of these actresses would be very different, that one of them's had a really good career for the past decade and the other one hasn't. No, no, and, no, I, I don't disagree And, and we, we can get down to the nitty-gritty of whether that's correct or not, but there's clearly something going on with the movies that Anne Hathaway is choosing and the ones that her agent is getting in front of her face well, that they're I, not I fucking working for just, her. I think it's more just that Anne Hathaway has... So, so Big Little Lies, Morning Show to an extent. I don't think that many people have seen The Morning Show... Maybe Littlefire's everywhere. Like, I, I think the actual difference is that Reese Witherspoon knows which way the wind is blowing and mm-hmm. knows that it is probably easier for her to get funding for female-led projects um, or for, you know, for her to have more complex roles for women in TV. Mm-hmm. And because of that, has done a bunch of TV shows. I don't know if it's that Anne Hathaway doesn't like... Because, again, it's also like... It's also worth throwing out. I mean, she, she's done she's done solos and modern love recently, both sort of but anthology e- TV one shows, one episode. She's sure. not she's not appeared in a TV series, but she's clearly not no. above an only appearing on things no, that no, no, appear no, no, no. I, on fifty agree, foot but, screens. But but here's the real thing, right? Like uh, the Chevy Chase problem for um, uh, Community. Uh, you know, I, it's always I think worth worth pointing out. But TV is a lot worse. It's great in some ways in that it's very uh, you know it's typical. You know, you know what your time's going to be. It's been the same most days. Um, and, you know, if you have kids or something and you want to be in California the entire time, then, yeah, like, great. You know, you don't have to go anywhere uh, and can provide uh, stability. It's also a lot longer shooting days a lot of the time. You're often being held around for the entire day, even when you're not shooting anything. And it's not necessarily the same as a movie, where in a movie, sometimes, depending on the size of the movie, you can be done in a month. Or a couple of weeks. Mm. Um, oh, little Anne Hathaway. No, 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 I agree. <laughs> she, but, but... she gets paid a million pounds to do one month's work. Exactly, no. exact, Jamie, exactly. <laughs> if you were offered to be paid a couple million in order to do a couple weeks' work or a month's work versus having to work on something for three or four months doing, you know, 12 oh no, to she might have to do days. her job for a little bit longer. I know that I she would rather have, take the two million for might, doing less work. She might have to do her job for a little bit longer. She might not have to, <laughs> during the fucking pandemic, fly over to England and gallivant around with you to watch you for. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I agree with you. But I think I think the difference is that, like, uh, Anne Hathaway could have probably have been in a really good HBO show by now. Yeah. Oh, easily. But I, but I, but I, I simultaneously think she neither... What, I don't. I don't know. If she wants to, and I don't know if. Um, I'd be interested to see how she was in it. What I'm saying is, get get Anne Hathaway in Succession season four. All right. <laughs> Look, I think Anne Hathaway would be great in Succession season four. Uh, I think we'd all love it. Uh, succession. I want to th- briefly uh, comment on this. Uh, the the uh, clearly proving that British people know America's sweethearts. All right. It's it's written by um, the guy who wrote Fresh Meat and Peep Show, uh, as well as Lucy <laughs> Preble, one of the UK's best playwrights. All right. Like I, th- this writers' room clearly has a lot of British people in it, and that makes no sense. Jamie, the writers' room for Succession is in Brixton. That makes no sense to me. Why is the Rochester Room for Succession above Brixton Station? That makes no sense at all. It's insane. Oh, thank you. I'm all coffeeed up. That, that's, let's come in with that coffee well, supply for me, let's, baby. Let's, so let's go. Let's, let's talk your, about some more things. Yeah, let's take your coffee break as an opportunity. Goodness gracious, how long are we going to go? I have a Halloween party to go to later. Um, so uh, we can sort of cap off on those film chats. I think we're in uh, agreement on some things and disagreement on the other. I think the biggest thing we are in agreement on is that we want Anne Hathaway to be in better things and believe yeah. she has the talent to do so. Um, 
And with that, we should probably move to Anne Hathaway's performances. So in terms of averages on that, it's it's a little bit better going than uh, than we were looking at the um, films. Uh, so we've got an average of 3.1 for me and a flat three for you. Uh, to compare that, I ended up an average of 3.5 for Tom Hanks and a 3.3 uh, for you. But I think that is probably more indicative of him just being in better things. It's a lot easier to like a performance when you're in a better thing. Whereas so often we were just like, I mean, Anne Hathaway's good in this, but uh, she's kind of hampered because no one else is fucking doing anything. Um, but if we were to, we, I didn't bother going through like linking from top to bottom. Uh, I think we can all agree sort of on the best things of Anne Hathaway's career being around about, you know, Les Mis, Dark Knight, Interstellar, Rachel no, Getting Married, no, Brokeback Rachel Mountain. Jamie, I'm, I'm saying around the, the top the, things. She should have won the Oscar for Rachel I'm married. saying around the top things. I'm trying to just summarize it. We can all understand that those are probably the best things. And, you know, the worst things she's been in are things like Serenity and and the hustle and hoodwinked and shit like that and the rio movies in terms of performances in terms of performances we can tell you what we categorically believed can we can i can i tell you what yes i can um yes i've done it yes i was i was checking i was checking that i had um so i've given a lot of fives uh you've given We've actually we've we've both given a lot of fives for Anne Hathaway, and honestly, I think at some points it might have been a bit patronising. <laughs> um, so ignoring ones which aren't actual. To be fair, I think any ones where we've given fives that weren't in films, we can both agree were in projects where we agreed. Anne Hathaway understands the assignment and she's a fantastic friend. So she'll turn up in music videos. She'll turn up in hit record. She'll turn up at the Oscars and she'll give it her fucking all. So outside of her big movie roles, Anne Hathaway seems a fucking delight to work with because she'll throw herself in absolutely anything. Um, But in terms of best performances, um, I've given fives to Les Mis, Dark Knight Rises, uh, Colossal, and that's it. So Lame is Dark Knight Rises and Colossal, with Interstellar coming just below a 5 at 4.8 and Rachel getting married at 4.5. What were your top performances uh, according to the numbers? One sec. You know, I just made a big thing about you being able to do this by this, but in fact, it's... Al, I've sent you a screenshot of this. I can read it off to you. Um, You've given fives to Colossal, Les Mis, Rachel Getting Married, Interstellar, Dark Knight Rises, and then Jenny Lewis hit record, Oscar ceremony, ignoring those. So uh, we're in in pretty much agreement on her best performances. Yeah, Uh, I I, I would also probably go back and give her one from Brokeback Mountain. I really like that. Um, I think she gives it to her all uh, What did I end up giving her in Brokeback Mountain? Oh, yeah, no, I gave her a 23 in that. Oh, no, I gave her a 4.1 in Brokeback Mountain. Fucking hell, yeah, I'd go back and and, and Here's up the that thing. as well. As with Tom Hanks, I feel Tom Hanks said the opposite thing, where I think we gave him a lot of like low, uh, high rankings for his early stuff, and then we went to his good stuff, and we were like, oh, maybe we should have ranked that in the past higher. Yeah. Uh, instead, uh, with uh, Anne Hathaway, like there are some earlier performances. I'm like, maybe I didn't appreciate this enough. Um, yeah, I I still. I still think I vis- one of the moments of any Anne Hathaway films that I still viscerally remember is her delivering the news about yeah. um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character dying in Brokeback Mountain. Yes. And I said at the time that I'll be thinking about that for a long time, and I still do think about it. I think it's a phenomenally subtle performance from a very, very young performer at the time. Um, 
with a, if people don't remember the scene it's one where there is supposed to be ambiguity about whether she believes the story she's telling about how yeah. uh, Jake Gyllenhaal died and it's just a phenomenal fucking performance um I yep so, so on that we haven't we, this is not on the list Jamie so you're gonna, you're gonna have to improv with me okay okay it's, it's a little thing called conversation so you are gonna have yep. to think outside the box what are your favourite Anne Hathaway moments uh, so absolutely that um, the the delivering of that I think it's boring to mention but her her delivering what's the song in Les Mis I'm forgetting what it's called uh, I Dreamed a Dream is that the one she does yeah oh god yeah yeah yeah, yeah that, that's also incredible um, what else do I think she was particularly what are the moments that I particularly I'm just scanning through the uh, the list of movies um, to see where so I'll, uh, I'll yep do you mind if I throw out a couple? Yeah, yeah, uh, go, go, go. Sure. Uh, so, no, I like that one in Brickback Mountain. I think that's good. Uh, I like that. I, there, there are other dumb ones, like in Princess Diaries. I always remember the scene where she's like, she sings, catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. But she's crying on the way back. And I'm like, oh, that's really sad. Uh, so I, I like that a lot. Uh, in the, no, nothing for the cat returns. Um, in Ella Enchanted, there's like the the uh, scene where she sings uh find me somebody to love uh will always yeah. be in my head as a, a great moment uh princess diaries 2 uh the scene where the little kids like um but i am too she wants to give the crown to the little kid and the kids like but i am too piccolo i think mama <laughs> like maybe once a week um Obviously, I think personally, uh, when she gives a blowjob to Jake Gyllenhaal and Love and Other Drugs, iconic right. movie Top moments quality. we all remember. Uh, it, um, uh, I do actually remember the the last scene of One Day. I really, really like yeah. with their, their, oh, their looping nice back down to their their original uh, yeah. original meeting, interspersed with. Yeah. I, I will also always remember her getting hit by a bus in One Day because that's really fucking dumb. <laughs> But later, like, showing their original meeting again and coming across, yeah. uh, interspersed with, I can't remember the actor's name, but after her death, taking, I believe, their kid up Arthur's seat yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, not, is a really uh, nice that's moment. his kid with his other wife, but. Ah, well, it's, it's still his kid. Sure. <laughs> I was it's technically correct. Um, um, yeah. Uh, uh, I remember in Rachel Getting Married, yeah. there's like a lot of Rachel Getting Married that comes to me in parts. Like, I often think about the credits of Rachel Getting Married that she's not in that, to be fair. Uh, yeah. where where just the sister goes out and just sits and listens to the band play. Um yeah. I think about the bit in Rich Getting Married, the kind of wedding scene and she's she does the kind of really like cringy speech. Um mm. but I, I think about that one that bit or or the bit in Rich Getting Married where she um the sister kind of like cleans her after she's uh kind of got in the car crash. Mm. Um in Bride uh, Wars course, I think about me- Bride Wars never. I never think about <laughs> Bride Wars. I literally uh, never course. think about it's not to do with Anne Hathaway, but I always remember an Alice in Wonderland when Alice comes out in the plate mail and it really fucking, it really worked for me. Of course, we learned something new about me that day. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Valentine's Day, which I didn't put in my blank spank and maybe I sh- should because I do watch Valentine's Day every year on Valentine's uh, Day. Um, but the bit where she's having done the kind of uh, sex phone line stuff, she gets a call uh, as she's about to uh, call her boyfriend and she's like, Stella can't come to the phone right now. She's about to make love to her boyfriend. I think about that line <laughs> very often. I think it's so funny. Um, oh, dear. That's, and, and like, to, to by which I mean to this, say this, right? Oh, um, the bit in Serenity where the camera pans around like in a video game to reveal oh, Anne Hathaway's face. Yes, but reminding us that later there is a reason for that because it literally is in a video game in the dumbest movie of all it's, time. 
Sure, um, but but I, I all of this is to say, Interstellar, that you know, the Dark Knight uh, rises. Um, I, I, the, the, I think of the kind of uh, the cafe scene at the end. I all of this is just all the bit where she's like, "You've lived so so, so large for so long, not giving the rest of us any scraps." <laughs> uh, but but all that is to say, and I, I think this is interesting that despite the fact that her career might not necessarily have as many hits as we thought going in and going afterwards we're like do more good stuff there are these little things which stick with us about both the good work and the bad work that I think is why she's a culturally significant actress whether or not she's necessarily in a lot of very good movies yeah Um, I agree she is I appreciate that she's um, I'm trying to make a a comparison to Schrodinger's cat about her career but I don't think it works but just the the idea of everyone's perception of Anne Hathaway yes. is one way, and then you look at her career, and it's like, oh wait, what? Because yeah. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I think I think yeah. most people would agree. Well, I've said more recently, absolutely not. But maybe even like three, four years ago, um, everyone would have agreed. Oh, Anne Hathaway, very good, very successful actress, appears in lots of very good movies. And I still think I would come down to arguing that she's in maybe five good movies, Um, which isn't great. But I agree with you that even the ones that aren't good have cultural impact, especially in her early career. Yeah, yeah. Um, With with that, though, I would ask, you know, and and we mentioned this in Tom Hanks too, and I I mentioned this maybe at the top of the the podcast. Um, How many... What, what what so this this sounds bad right like what we know is that we actually we both like Anne Hathaway as an actress we think she gives yep. good performances there's emotional honesty to them she's very much a leading actress rather than a yep. character actor it's always kind yep. of a variation on the core theme but with that said how many good to great movies do you reckon you need to have for people to think of you as a great actor for for people to think of you as a great actor for you to, or for, for that for, you to be, for that for you to, to be a great true. actor how many great movies do you need to have I think for people to think of you as a great actor, I think you need awe. Three over a five-year period, if that. Sure. Uh, I genuinely yeah, yeah. think pe- people people establish an idea about an actor very quickly in their yes. mind. Um, I think Jake Gyllenhaal would be the same. I think Jake Gyllenhaal, if we opened up the box of his career, probably actually has a fuckload of shit stinking in there. <laughs> <laughs> but I think everyone would think that he's he's a brilliant actor who appears in amazing movies because he's got a few roles happened happened quite quickly, yeah. and now he's a fucking weirdo who does a bunch of weird shit. Um, but I think everyone would think he's great. So I think people's ideas of you are established very quickly and yeah. are surprisingly difficult to break out of. So Anne Hathaway, I think a very good example of that is I think she got a very established idea very quickly from her being in Princess Diaries and Our Enchanted, and breaking out of that became very difficult. And to do so, she had to shave her head and cry on screen, and everyone yeah. was like, I mean, this is good, but I don't like you. So so I think I think the public are very fickle when it comes to their established perceptions of actors um and and both and i think necessarily creating the perception isn't particularly difficult changing the perception is phenomenally difficult i i think that's a very uh, astute observation <laughs> thanks and 
I have very little to say on that. Um, the only thing I will say about the Jake Gyllenhaal thing, I do remember around the time that this is before Army Hammer the Cannibal thing came out. I think it was maybe around the time that people thought he was a dick. Uh, that someone talked about this kind of like cycle they have for Hollywood hot men mm. or Hollywood actors, uh, in which uh, effectively what happened is like you're in a couple of interesting movies that come out. Eventually, Hollywood's like, cool, let's make you like hot. And, like, we're going to get you really muscly and then we're going to put you in these action movies. And then if those don't do well, eventually you start making any money. So what your agent starts to do is they basically cut your rate. They put you in a load of, like, indie movies, which are critically really appreciated. So people find you interesting again. And then you yeah. get interesting enough that they can put you back in the movies that make them <laughs> a lot of money. And this is, like, so if you look at, like, Army Hammer, for instance, he, he did, you know, he was in The Social Network. And then yep. they put him in uh, the Lone Ranger, and that's it terribly. So then they put him in, uh, you know, Call Me by Your Name, and uh, what, uh, sorry, let's just put the dog away. Call Me by Your Name, and um, uh, sorry to bother you. And then they were going to put him in a bunch of other bigger movies, and then it turned out he was a cannibal. Um, yes, yes. I was going to say I wanted to clarify that this is this great. is the person that eats people, correct? Well, no, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> You want to consensually eat your partner? Not a problem. All right. It was both that he, I think he was accused to be quite abusive uh, and also unconsensually. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was not aware of it. I, I, all I know about the man. I'm like. Is Alyssa trying to ruin this podcast? Out of this room. One sec, let's record your podcast. You're out of the house. Oh. Uh, and the dog is loud out again. He almost knocked over an air purifier on the way. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I think we're in agreement on, on Anne Hathaway's career as well. Uh, on Anne Hathaway's performances. Very good in bad movies and also very good in the good movie season. Wish she would do the good movies more. Um, yeah, America's Sweetheartometer. I don't think we really need to uh, touch on it. I think it's no. very clear that she starts out as America's Sweetheart yeah. uh, and then aggressively tries to pull her away, herself away from that um, that image. And I think that's... I think the fact that we see so many of those movies after Princess Diaries 2... Um, where she's really trying to do yeah. some gritty, serious movies um, like Brokeback Mountain, like even Havoc, which obviously was an oh, absolutely terribly movie, but it's it's a real desperate attempt to try and change her uh, her image. And I think the the tracking of the Sweetheartometer speaks to that. Um, but of course, Alexander, this brings us to the most important, the important thing, thing we have to discuss, uh, which is the Anne's Man's list. So, yeah. Alexander, how many people have ended up on your list? Uh, one second. Uh, you know, Jamie, uh, can you post online somewhere the full, like, your, because here's the thing. Jamie, unlike I, uh, went down to the point what, like, you know, went, went to the, the hundredth decimal of the place for this. Yes. Yes. Uh, so I do technically have a full ranking. There's a few ties, but I do technically have what I believe from first to last is the best and worst, uh, Anne Hathaway movies. Now, I have that, but for, um, uh, sorry, I have that before Anne Hathaway's love interests. Uh, currently, I have 53 with a couple people Jesus. who are barred for life. I have um, 40. I have 40, Alexander. You have 13 more people than me. You have 53. She's only in four. We've only had 45 episodes, Alexander. You me, average. It at is least not I've my managed. Fault she has chemistry with everybody on screen, okay? So, um. Uh, how do you want to do this? Should we, should we do, take our list one at a time, or do we want to. 
see what we agree thing. on to where we don't. I think you let me get down to match yours. So I'll do my bottom to get okay. to where we match yours. And then we go maybe 10 at a time to compare our okay. sense. Okay. So, we, so we're so going I from I the bottom go, up. I need to get down to... So you have how many? 40. I have 40. All right. I just want to throw out that a couple of people who barred for life. Uh, one, of course, is Jason Sudeikis. Uh, yep. You know, you had chemistry until you turned out to be a dick. Uh, yes, and, well, not, not just a dick, a mass murderer. A man who actively makes a choice to drunkenly kill a bunch of people in Korea. And um, the movie does not address it. Who was the... It's a metaphor. Uh, who's the... Um, uh, the guy from Havoc. someone else afterwards who's in a movie which is like barred for life. I can't remember who. Uh, the guy from Havoc uh, is is out uh, because he sexually assaulted that, Anne Hathaway. Uh, also, I know that. the last thing he wanted... Yeah, he's just not on the list. And I think that... Ben Affleck, oh, I think the last thing you want. Oh, no, he's on the list. No, he's Ben on Affleck's on my... <laughs> ben Affleck's... I think we'll find out where Ben Affleck is on your list, Alexander. I mean, I've got Lawrence Fox at the bottom of mine. I don't know if you barred Lawrence no, Fox. No, Lawrence Fox is at the bottom. So we'll start from there. So at number 53, racist piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, from becoming James Also, Fox. Also the bottom of mine. Actually, you know what? I think what we'll do, Alexander, is if you go through yours, yeah. and every time you say someone, I'll say where oh, they sure. are on my list. Okay. So, so uh, absolutely agreed. Lawrence Fox, number 40. Bottom of my list. Uh, number 52, Tan Fogler from Don Quixote. Uh, uh, not in mine. There you go. Not sure. in mine. No, he's not. <laughs> number 51, James Franco from the Oscars. Wait, James Franco from what? The Oscars. The Oscars. <laughs> okay, also not there online. Okay, we get to number 50, Arctic Monkey Boy from Princess Diaries. That is okay, that first Arctic Monkey Boy from Princess Diaries. Immediately, we have a quite a big difference because he's all the way up at 18 for me. All the way up at 18. Now, I will accept, maybe a little bit high, but I don't know why he was so low for you. Michael from Princess Diaries, think he was underrepresented. I will accept he was quite high for quite a long time and he's yeah. been, just been slowly plummeting down this list. Uh, so, at number 49, Cassette's father from Lame Is. In fact, actually, you know what? Cassette's uh, father from Lame Is, not in my. He's actually in the isn't. movie, but he's implied. So, yeah. um, I want to say, well, actually, we've talked about this, about the. The, the himbo separation tier <laughs> that we are we are just the most shallow people that exist and if you are hot you make it to the himbo separation tier and michael bless him i'm not being mean about him he's not no, a himbo no. he is the top not himbo he is the best not attractive person on my list so after Cazette's father from lame is who doesn't actually appear in the movie but is implied uh, we have at number 48, the Bridger Spy Guy from Colossal. That's the uh, the one who she has sex with, but they don't really have a relationship. They're just going to hook up. So, oh, actually, I think he is in mine. Let me have a look. Cause it, oh, oh no, I called him Wimpy Little Fuckboy. He's 34 for me um, okay. because uh, I didn't like that he didn't step in and stop. No, he didn't step in. Um, he didn't step in and stop he Jason Sudeikis being a dick. He would have the fact that he didn't have a spine. Uh, yeah. Downtown Which does make it difficult to be a partner. <laughs> Oh no, I do know who this is. Downtown Dan uh, from Colossal. It's in at 47. And of course, is uh, the guy from um, uh, Downtown Dan. Is that her ex boyfriend? Oh, it's pronounced Downtown Dan. Downtown Dan. Is that her ex boyfriend? That's her ex boyfriend. Okay, her ex boyfriend up at 29 for me. So a little bit higher for me. Downtown down Dan. Down. Uh, we have White Hove from Havoc at number 46. Uh, That's the... uh, quite low for me as well. 35, called him Faux Gangster sure. from Havoc. That was uh, her current boyfriend uh, who thought, uh, and I quote him, loved black culture, um, yeah. but very much, uh, very much, very inappropriate. Just the N-word quite a bit. 
Uh, yeah. Spill your seat, Mormon, from the other side of heaven, uh, number 45. Oh, I've got him quite high up. I've got him 21, best Mormon boy. I feel like I felt he he had he had very wayward intent. Very wayward. He colonizes. Like yes, okay. Yes, okay. We could agree the colonization part, pretty bad. <laughs> but I would say he... He he was a sweet-hearted man who was he wasn't yeah per- he didn't perverted have bad pervert yes he was perverted by uh, the religious institution by which he was uh, unfortunately co-opted he himself seemed like a quite a nice guy he made he made friends with the locals you're right, he, he, I believe correct. I people believe he learned the... people can colonize with good intentions <laughs> I believe he also learned the local language overnight I does, believe chronologically does. in that movie uh, um, the fourth Jonas brother from the Devil Wears Prada and in the number 44 oh uh, Devil Wears uh, the faux jo- yeah the faux Jonas brother 24 for me um, don't so, remember anything about him other than he looked like uh, a Jonas 43 brother. Krusty the Clown Oh, number thirty for me. Number thirty, quite like I don't know how he hasn't made the bottom quarter of my list. But yeah. Krusty the Clown, Krusty the Clown, below the ex-boyfriend from uh, okay. Colossal. Number forty-two, Prince Parties, Pranks, and Papi Mache. <laughs> doesn't exist in my list because, of course, not. I believe this is one of the people that appears on a slideshow. No, no, he. I believe. Oh he no, is he, oh, he's the I young little kid. Jack, he's, the, he's the young little kid. Yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a child, so obviously laid out on the list, but he's not terrible. Not low enough! Not low enough, Alexander! You know, uh, Mr. Collins from Becoming Jane in a 41. Who the fuck is that? Oh, it's the, the boring f- person her, she's trying to be set up with. Who the fuck is that, Alexander? Beca- I don't Becoming even remember. Ja- what is Who's- the movie Becoming Jane, Alexander? What is that movie about? Uh, Jane Austen. I genuinely don't remember. Oh yes, okay. I can't even see. Where is becoming Jane? It's not. It's not James McAvoy's character, right? No, no, it's the other one. Okay, I don't believe he's in my list. Okay, cool. Uh, did Matthew McConaughey from Serenity is in at number forty? <laughs> now, did you did you specify a difference between video game Matthew McConaughey and real yes. world? Okay, yeah. so if this is the real world Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> and here's quite a big disparity, Alexander, he's in at number three. Yes. No, Jamie didn't want him to be number one because, of course, he didn't want to condone the Iraq war. <laughs> well, all right, this is the issue that happened, Alexander. At the time, it would be a funny bit if I said, if I caught you out, you put Maddie McConaughey in quite low, and I was like, that's the video game, Maddie McConaughey. The real Maddie McConaughey is a war hero. And then immediately after we finished recording, I went, oh, he's now at number one, and it's sort of a tacit agreement with the Iraq war. So so he has been knocked down to number three. Uh, we'll okay. find out who by later on. Ghost Wilson from Passengers. <laughs> Is it number uh, 39? Passengers, Passengers, Passengers. The Ghost, 32. Quite low, quite low. But actually close. This is the closest we're getting yeah, in the rankings. Yeah, so we're, get, we're getting close. Maxwell Smart is in at number 38. Uh, Max pa- Max Power was his name. I've I've written down. He's not Max think... Power. He's Maxwell no, he's Smart. not. He is Maxwell Smart. I think Max Power is Homer Simpson's name that he changes <laughs> to. Um, he's in at twenty seven. Twenty seven for me. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg from Rio One is in at number from... thirty seven. Is Jesse? Is the other Jesse Eisenberg just above him? No. He's oh wow! Interesting that there's a decent separation. So Jesse Eisenberg from number one is the bottom for me. 
Rio. Interesting. And uh, I want to be clear, Alexander, because I, I need to establish this. The first Jesse no, no. As we established quite early on, I put the Baron from Cat Returns at the bottom of my list until he's Lawrence Fox took him off because he's a cat. So we do have the animal tier. 37, <laughs> the Baron. So 36, the Baron. 37, Bruin Mars from Rio 2. 38, Jesse Eisenberg from Rio 2. And 39, Jesse Eisenberg. So we do have the animal tier set, animal sitting tier just you, above, ironically, Lawrence Fox. <laughs> Um, there's stay at home dad from the intern is in number 36 um that's Anders Holmes. I've got him up at 15. I think he what? just... He just... He Hathaway. And he's a dick does, about it. He does. But Alexander, I find Anders Holmes attractive. <laughs> so he's made it into my himbo tier. Only a couple above my bottom of my himbo tier. We'll find out who's the bottom of the himbo tier in a bit. Um, Why yeah, is he in uh, the himbo tier? Right, okay. Because fine. I find Anders Holmes hot. Okay, fine. 35. Venom. Valentine's <laughs> Day. Oh, you mean Topher Grace. 28. 28. Yes. Topher Grace on Valentine's Day. Not a good boy. Uh, 34. Chris Bratt from... Oh, Rivals. Alexander! So close. 33 for Chris Oof. Bratt. Inches. Inches. Inch- Chris Bratt from Bride Wars. And of course, we have to be clear that uh, you might think that Chris Pratt would make the himbo tier, but this is no. pre-Dark this Zero is Dark 30 Chris Pratt. This Which, was doey this Chris is, Pratt. This, this is dad, This is daddy. This is dad, dad bod's Chris Pratt. Uh, maybe the peak Chris Pratt. Uh, peak Chris Pratt's like season three Parks and Rec. Uh, I still a, think one of my favourite Parks and Rec jokes of all time is after he got fit and yeah. <laughs> uh, Adam Scott goes to him, um, whoa, how did you lose so much weight? And he went, oh, I just stopped drinking beer. And Adam Scott's like, whoa, how much beer were you drinking? He's like, ah, too much, right? <laughs> um, uh, Bruno Mars from Rio 2 comes in 33 uh, above Chris Bratz. Yeah, 37 down in my animal tier. Uh, 32 is Jesse Eisenberg again in Rio 2 because he has courage in the second one. Uh, 38 down on my butt. Yeah. Uh, animal I also think he gets treated poorly in the second. I think in the second one he tries his best and everyone's treating him like shit. Nicholas Nickleby. It's from Nicholas Nickleby. Is it at 31? Uh, 26 for me. 26. He is. Uh, it may be just he above be Max Smart. I'm not sure. Um, uh, Anne Hathaway's Japanese crush, The Cat Returns, at number 30. Uh, not in mine, obviously, because. <laughs> not <laughs> he doesn't speak in the movie, sure. Uh, number 29, Prince William, Princess Darius 2. Uh. I don't think he's is he one of the is he he's one of the he's, ones that yes he appears in appears yeah. in the fucking sure. oh, fuck's sake uh, okay. number twenty eight we have McSwillison from Princess Diaries uh, McSwillison twenty two for me now interesting Ooh, he somehow good. managed to end up not in my himbo tier which I mean he's he's, 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 he's a good looking boy he, he's he, a teenager he, but you know like as an eighteen year old kind of arty. <laughs> Yeah, um, but we, I, I think he, he he ended up in the list before a himbo tier started to develop. So he's he's ended up inadvertently yes. outside of the himbo yeah. tier. But uh, he is also a dickhead to her in that movie. He is a dickhead to her, but he's hot, which is way too much higher up than bloody eyes of monkey boy. He dumps over the second one, apparently. Uh, anyway, uh, Sandra's ex from Ocean's 8 is in number 27. I don't think, that, no, not in there. Come on, they they do it. Oh no, uh, yes, no, it is. Yes, no, it is. 31, 31. Okay, Why do we think We're kind of close around here. Yeah. Uh, interesting because I've done such a weird list. Prince Andrew from Princess Diaries 2 is number 26. Um, That's what the, 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 the Duke, the... the... Yeah, I, yeah I, no, we remember famously I called him Duke Ellington and then later found out that is a famous black jazz um, saxophonist from like the 50s. Uh, but yes, Duke Ellington up at number 19, just outside of the himbo tier. Uh, and number 25, Johnny Flynn from Song 1. 
Johnny Flynn, I think, uh, ended up was for a long time at the bottom of my uh, himbo tier because I didn't get it. I don't get the attraction, but apparently women find him attractive. So he's in at number 16. So, dear listeners, if you're paying attention, if you're paying attention, we had Michael just below the himbo tier at 18 and we have Johnny Flynn just above the himbo, t- like so just above the, at 16. So there's one person sitting at the bottom of my himbo tier. Who's it going to be? Uh, and number 24, the old man and the tuna from Serenity. That's right. I'm talking about Matthew McConaughey. Uh, oh, so that's that's video game Matthew McConaughey. He's yeah. sitting comfortably in my himbo tier at number 13. I mean, we've discussed it. I, I genuinely think, like, Matthew McConaughey talks like a weirdo in most of his movies, but there is a real sexual magnetism oh, it's, it's... to the fucking garbled shit he's saying. Sure. And at number 23, Jack Nasty from Brokeback Mountain. Uh, oh, the, way up, way up in my himbo tier. Almost cracking the top 10 and number 11 because Ooh, of my okay, man so, crush on Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, the question, of course, is where is Gordon Brown from Dark Waters for you? Mike, he's in at number 222 for me. <laughs> so Mark Ruffalo from Dark Waters is in at number two because Mark Ruffalo <laughs> is attractive. <laughs> And, I, and he's and he's also a very good man in that film. He's an incredible man. He Terrible. fights for justice for decades. Admittedly, kind of ignores his wife for that entire time. But he's a good man. Anyway. Uh, we're coming towards my himbo tier. Actually, I, I think this might even be. I think this is now that I'm getting my himbo tier. Uh, Twenty-one. Uh, Peach Man from Modern Love. Who the fuck is that? He's the one she wants to hook up with. The one she has modern love with. Almost. Oh, I, uh, have, I've called him No Care Chris. Oh, because he didn't care about her. He should have paid attention yeah. to her. Um, yes. Oh, that's. I feel like it's unfair that he's not ended up in my himbo tier. He's a good looking yeah, man. Yeah, he's hot. Uh, like, that's why yeah, that's I, the beginning of my himbo list, I think. I apologize to him. Uh, but unfortunately, he can't be in my himbo list because it would mean that there's someone in my himbo list that I know is in your himbo sure. list and I don't like it. So in at number 20, The Mentalist, uh, The uh, Devil Wears Prada. Uh, the Mentalist, Devil Wears Prada, 25, 25. Just below uh, the faux John- Jonas Prada from that same In at number 19, Anne Hathaway's Invisible Space Boyfriend from Interstellar. <laughs> Not in my list, because obviously. Okay, well, he's important. He, he motivates the part. In at number 18, The Baron from The Cat Returns. Uh, as we've established, ad- admittedly, at the top of my animal tier, because yeah. as an animal, cat- that is a sexy statue. cat. Not that a cat, a se- cat statue. He's okay, I also don't. Cat. I also don't think she should fuck a cat statue. <laughs> I don't think she should fuck a cat or a cat statue. In, at number seventeen, Mr. Darcy becoming Jane. Uh, Mr. Darcy becoming Jane. Uh, is that James McAvoy? That's James McAvoy. Oh, he's where? Seventeen. He's seventeen. Oh, you are mean to Mr. McAvoy. He is number five. Ooh, absolutely sexy boy. Uh, in number 16 The Diamond Thief Prince Prince uh, From Princess Stories 2 Again also from, mentioned in text from, that sounds from, yeah, Only mine. mentioned in text Not in mine Okay In at number 15 And I didn't think he'd be this low Bruce Wayne The Dark Knight Rises He's a billionaire uh, Lives in Italy Did but, I separate know. Bruce Wayne? Did I separate Bruce Wayne? I don't I think, think I did Let me do a quick I think I just did Batman Let me have a look I'm, I'm, no, uh, no, I only had Batman. Sad, sad. In at number 14, the 12 step bro from Rachel Getting Married. That's right, he tries to help her keep on the path. Oh, where was that? That's hot. Uh, the 12 step bro uh, from Rachel Getting no, Married. No, no, wh- in at number 14. 14! Best man from Rachel Getting Married! Man! We have an 
agreement. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, baby. So yes, uh, yeah, no, he's a lovely bloke, really nice. Yeah, bloke. he's great. He's he's honestly of all these people, he's maybe the emotionally best adjusted. Uh, yes, I'm not sure almost certainly together forever. Almost certainly, but but, but but you know, did he die in the Iraq War? So. <laughs> in number thirteen, The Rock from Get Smart. It's The Rock. Oh, we're getting close now. A 12. 12. He's The Rock. He also double crosses her and is a dickhead. But he's The Rock. What are you going to do? Leave us alone. He's The Rock. You're right. Uh, In at number 12, drug dealer Jake from Love and Other Drugs. Uh, oh, he's made it up into number eight. Um, for a while, we but had both have... Jake. I had both Jake Gyllenhaal's next to each other because uh, because he's Jake Gyllenhaal. He's really fucking sexy, as he is here, sexy but Jake. Uh, but he's in at number eight for me. In at number eleven, Jimmy Boy from One Day. Uh, is that murderous Dexter? <laughs> I've yes. got him written down as murderous Dexter. Do I know Dexter. what that means? No fucking. Uh, here's clue, why. I think he's called Dexter in the movie, and I think you okay. meant Dexter like from. Dexter. From the th- and and murders. Okay, cool. Yeah. He's in at number Jimmy, ten. His for names me. aren't good. I don't think I've said anyone's proper name as we go through this until we get to number ten. Channing Tatum from John John in at number ten. Oh, Channing Tatum number seven for me. We know again. He only appears on a poster. <laughs> yeah, only no, no, no. appears. On- he appears oh. in I think three seconds worth of a movie within the movie. Oh, do they? Yes, they do actually show the movie. Uh, but it's Channing Tatum. Leave us the fuck alone. Number seven. Yeah. Number nine. Robert De Niro from The Intern. Fuck you. How is he in your himbo tier? Where- oh, wait, no, I didn't even put him on the list. Because of course I didn't, because that's not a love interest. Anyway. And number eight, Batman from The Dark Knight Rises. Ooh, number nine for me. Very close, very close, Batman. Number seven, Ben Affleck from The Last Thing He Wanted. <laughs> now, dear listeners, we've been building up to this because Ben Affleck is the bottom of my himbo tier. If you did not listen to the episode of The Last Thing He Wanted, the reason he's at the bottom of my himbo tier is because, of course, Ben Affleck, absolute well, hottie, so. never going to deny that. He literally murders Anne Hathaway in the movie. He murders her in a CIA plot to cover up the Iran-Contra affair. And he is in the top ten for Alexander. Here's the thing. You get barred from the list for uh, abuse or, like, sexual uh, assault. Uh, or, I mean, you get to be the bottom of the list for being a racist piece of shit like Lawrence Fox. Uh, however, if you're alleged racist piece of shit, apologies. Uh, however, uh, <laughs> you know, you murder Anne Hathaway. That's in the movie kind of hot. So you know, <laughs> not in real life. It's really, really unhot in real life. But in the movie, it kind of puts some attention in there. Uh, in at number six, we have Cooper from Interstellar. Uh, oh, uh, no, I didn't put him in because of course I didn't. Why do we keep scanning through for these stupid fucking Because he goes to find him? her because he loves I her. I can't believe Matthew McConaughey is in this three times. <laughs> he is. Oh, uh, he's, well, in this, he's in this three times and arguably he is only one character that has a love interest. With in, at number and five, Matthew McConaughey's butt from Serenity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you. Um... Not he's represented as uh, Matthew McC- video game Matthew McConaughey at number thirteen. In at number four, the best Chris from Princess Diaries two. Uh, that will be Chris Pine. He's in at number six for me. We're we're, we're in relative agreement near the top. Sure. Apart in from number one. three, Bart Simpson from the Simpsons. <laughs> That's the one I was referring to earlier. That I know is it. He's a three still. He's he loves a her. Three? He loves her. He's great. Oh. My God, um, he is down. Where the fuck is Bart? He's down at number twenty. <laughs> number fucking twenty. In at number two, Hugh eats people from Ella Enchanted. Uh, Hugh Dancy, uh, number four for me. Number four. And, and number one with a bullet. Cheers, Elijah. For 
Yeah, uh, baby, two to Ledger for last one we did. Absol- oh, absolute king. Obviously, he talks about it. He's A, so sexy. B, speaks poetry. And C, went to my school. So there you go. Those are the three reasons why he absolutely, we have decided, is the man for Anne. And with that, Alexander, I think we are done we reviewing are. Anne Hathaway's career. So fucking with this podcast is stupid, man. And it's about to get a little bit more stupid because we we teased it. We've been going for an hour and twenty five minutes. I need to go to Lou. I have a Halloween party to go, to, go to. to. But what apparently, are quickly, we, what are you going as? Uh, I am going as uh, Ron Stoppable from Kim Possible. Oh, and Alexander, fine. do you want to know a secret? I've never watched a fucking episode of Kim Possible in my life. Dude, what are you <laughs> doing my, with your my life? Two fla- my two flatmates are going as Kim Possible characters, so I was like, that, I looked him up, I thought that looked Wait, pretty who's, easy. Who's, 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 who are they going uh, as? Miles is going as Kim, and then uh, Hannah is going as, I don't she know, go- someone fucking else. I've never seen the fucking show, okay, Alexander. Wow. Uh, um, here's here's anyway. what you got to do, Jamie, just to pass really easy as a uh, Kim Possible character. Just keep going. Do, 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 do. And then, uh, I'm trying to remember Ron Stoppable. Do you have a little naked mole rat? Uh, I, I do, Alexander. Paint your hands like a little mole rat. It's not naked. It is furry, but <laughs> it does squeak. Okay. And do you know what it's called? Do you know what the rat's called? Oh, you're testing me now. Let's have a think. Rufus. There, there you go. go. Did you're my fucking absolutely research. nail that party. Also, okay. Ron Stoppel was a great one because it's a really easy uh, outfit. Uh, yeah, so, no, that's, that's what I thought. Anyway, we need yeah. to update people. What's going on with the aliens? So, Alexander, Jamie, I need you, of course. I need you to give me like yeah. the guitar line from uh, House of the Rising Sun. I do not know that song. <laughs> okay, right. There was a house in New Orleans. They call the rising sun. You don't oh, know that yes, song? Yes, you do. yes I do know that song. I don't ca- don't think I can do the guitar riff sure. off the top of my fucking Guys, uh, we sought to galvanize humanity. We to did fight so back against the princesses. Alien. We did th- so with Krusty the Clown. Uh, most importantly, uh, in our efforts to fight back against the aliens uh, by showing you Colossus, we inspired you to create uh, both giant mechas and also kaiju, uh, <laughs> yeah. which could fight back. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, like in the uh, finale of Ready Player One, but solely with Anne Hathaway-related characters and all you guys in cosplay as Johnny Flynn from Song One, <laughs> we marched against the aliens. We said that today we will hold this line and we will push the field. Jamie and I, like the cowards we were, were standing mainly at the back when we were taken by the aliens. <laughs> we we the were the commanders. Ship. We were the commanders, you know? We, we, needed, to, exactly. we needed to oversee the battlefield. We but yes, anything we were captured is that you've got to stay far away from the front as you can. But unfortunately, yeah. the aliens captured us, as you mentioned, all right? They came back over the spaceship, they pulled us up, and they said, guys, all right, you've let us down with Tom Hanks. You tried to galvanize humanity with us for Anne Hathaway. We can't allow this to go any longer, all right? We're going to leave. Clearly, Earth, not worth it. We've decimated the entire population, but a price has to be paid. And we looked them dead in the eyes, and we said, whatever the price, we'll fucking pay it. And they said, good. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, that's how Jamie and I died. Uh, yeah, aliens... I, again. I died again. It's fucking insane. I just keep on dying on this show. It's really unfortunate. The, but uh, but aliens... how, are we, how are we talking to them right now? Oh, well, sorry. Of course. Describe our deaths. Describe our sure, deaths in, I mean, in gruesome You know, uh, they killed us uh, in an interesting way. They kind of slowly uh, lured us into the volcano, like Joe from Joe versus the Volcano. Uh, but we weren't volcano proof, ladies and gentlemen. They vaporized our bodies and our brains. I know, and our but souls. honestly, 
I'll be honest, I loved it. I loved that movie. I talked about how it was a movie where a guy said he was going to go jump in a volcano and he jumped in a volcano and I thought it was a poetic way for me to end. I happily jumped in. You you, you, you came like five seconds behind me. I was already gone. <laughs> Jamie was like, wee, into the volcano. Uh, ending it the best way he could. Uh, and of course, we died horribly and painfully. Uh, years have passed. We're now further into the future. The year, of course, is 2066. <laughs> Uh, we're not what? yet at cyberpunk time, but we're nearby. What? Humanity is slowly rebuilding. But as new Anne Hathaway movies come out, Anne Hathaway was cryogenically frozen and is now releasing movies in the future. Of course, humanity oh, has to celebrate its two greatest he- heroes, Jamie. All right, Not Anne Hathaway and Tom Hanks, but you and me. And so they did so by uh, deep faking us. We speaking now, we are two AIs speaking through deep faked voices. And every time a new Tom Hanks or a new Anne Hathaway movie comes out, they put the AI through the old deep fake processor. They yeah. listen to all our they, past they've episodes. Got, they've got, honestly, when they went back, they, they listened to all the archives. They had way too much voice yeah. evidence to go on. They were like, really? <laughs> we don't need this much. Don't know if anyone wanted this much. But, uh, but we have this much. And so... Our deepfake AI technology can be quite impressive. It can get, uh, you know, my laughing at my own jokes a little bit too hard. It can get Alexander <laughs> interrupting me just before I make a joke. It can get <laughs> me messing up the intro far too many times. It can even get a crystal perfect impression of Alexander's dog, which honestly does make AI Al die, like cry a little bit because, of course, it's 2066. His dog did die quite a long time ago. Oh, um, so sucks. even AI Al is a little bit sad about the recreations of his dog's voice. Um, but this technology is incredible. I can't even believe I'm talking to you right now. No, it's true. It's true. I mean, you know, in many ways, uh, in our robot forms, we are better than our old forms. Uh, you My know. dick is so much bigger. It's amazing. <laughs> But we shall continue on, and for the future, uh, with Jamie's robot dick. I'm just in, like, a giant ball. Like, I'm just, like, a, a sentient ball, I guess. I'm sure why they built Jamie with a dick. Okay. <laughs> it's really important for him and for this robot sense of character that he have a robot dick. Uh, we will continue to record uh, and put out new episodes as new things are put out by... Uh, yes. Um, now, of course, you know, when a new movie comes out... Uh, you know, it takes a little while for the AI to be put together, you know, crank up those old beams. So it might be a couple of weeks after the, the film. That might also conveniently mean that we can quite detailedly talk through the plot without considering it too much of a spoiler. Um, but, you know, anytime you see an Anne Hathaway or a Tom Hanks movie coming out, which there might be in literally like a week's time with Tom Hanks. I believe it's coming out on Apple TV. Let me double check what it's called. Uh, it's Frank. Like, no. Uh, Finch. Finch, thank you. Um, it's called Finch. It's coming out in a couple, uh, in like literally like two days, I believe, as of this episode coming out. Um, so, despite us saying that this is the end of season two, you will hear us in oh, a couple of weeks' time. Um, uh, but yes, that is an update. We we promised we would tell you what happened with the aliens, and and we do want to say that don't cry for us. Our sacrifice was worth it to make a middling podcast for two to three. <laughs> It's the only way I believe I should deserve to die. And it allowed humanity to carry on and thrive. Um, so so don't cry because it's over. Also cry because it happened. <laughs> Keep crying because it's still happening, guys. Uh, 
um so yeah that is us um for for this season before we carry on doing the ongoing whatever stuff um i'm running out of stuff to say uh thank you very much for sticking with us for what two and a half years now something yeah, like two, that three years, yeah. um you know it's it's gone across many countries it's had many raccoons it's had a surprising amount of death for a comedy mm-hmm. podcast um and a surprising amount of bad movies for a podcast recurring tom hanks and Anne hathaway movies but we very much enjoyed uh speaking into your ear holes uh every week we are deeply sorry that our untimely demise has meant that you won't be hearing our voices as often but Frankly, I think my girlfriend will probably just be thankful that she doesn't have the obligation to listen to my voice an extra hour and a half every single week. Um, what do you want to say as we come to the end of season two into whatever the beyond will be called? Uh, just as, as we move off into our special phase, you know, uh, Netflix has offered us these 28 millions of dollars and we promise that we'll uh, repay that in kind yeah. by saying and, horrific and of course- stuff in each episode. <laughs> It gets us cancelled, but no one will yeah. care. And obviously we will complain deeply that despite being paid millions and millions of dollars and being in the news every single day, that people are trying to get rid of us. They're trying yeah. to hide our message despite being paid millions and millions of pounds to spread Guys, that message. it's really important we that we take all criticism uh, as innately being a personal vendetta against us <laughs> and the same thing as censorship. Uh, and so, uh, and of course, you... despite being criticised for it four years ago, we will continue to do the same thing over <laughs> and over, and then act surprised when the same thing happens again. As it as it turns out, we found out that the best thing to do in a podcast is to find the button that people don't like being pushed, and we're just going to keep pushing it because it will make people talk about us. All right, no one gives a <laughs> shit what the rest of your sense about set what podcast is about. If you just say the worst thing you could say every single time you do a new thing you pay $28 million for. Oh, and oh. Uh, with that, uh, obviously follow us on all of our socials. Spread the word far and wide about this lovely last episode where we have, I think, done a decent... I think I think when we did the yeah, end of I Tom think... Hanks' career, we, we did a little bit of just reading off some numbers. I feel like we did a decent conversation about Anne Hathaway's actual career and then yeah. had a very dumb conversation about a list of people's names. But yeah. honestly, what would this podcast be if it wasn't interspersed between some relatively okay, astute commentary with absolute inane bullshit? So please do join us for some more inane bullshit uh, every now and then of course with Finch coming up in a few weeks time and of course our Christmas special coming up at the end of the year Uh, but for now from me Jamie and my co-host Al that's one last step in the bank thanks for listening oh so sincere I haven't got like a poop joke to make blanks bank blanks bank 